Well, hello. I think I have the microphone a little too low. Like physically low, not like volume low. So, hello nerds. It is another Friday broadcast and we come with news. Um, so I just got a photo gig, so we're going to have to be, we're going to cut our regular season short by a single week. So sadly, uh, next week will be the last regular week. And then the following week we will be taking off. And then the week after that is, uh, we're taking off as well. Cause I have, uh, you know, old people things to do, uh, namely getting older. And then, uh, we will be back the, I think that's the, let me pull up my calendar. Yeah, that's the first week of December is when we will be back uh, with the altered schedule. Um, that's not to say that nothing will be posted to either of the channels come uh, the last two weeks of November. That is to say there will be significantly less and we're not going to have a regular news video. Um, hello, Christopher in chat. How are you tonight? Um, I don't know if we have any other housekeeping. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. And so I, I got a, I got a photo gig, so we're, I'm just not going to be able to produce a proper episode the week of the 18th because I will be taking pictures for money. Uh, that sounds so much dirtier than I wanted it to. Um... That being said, thank you nerds for joining, even if you are joining in post and you're, you're watching a VOD or you're listening on one of the audio platforms, I welcome you all, all the same. Um, I, I thank you for asking, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, the back is not acting up today, so it's it's been an okay day. I went and got some some game meat out of a uh, freezer, and it was delightful. And we're gonna have some delicious uh, bear. Actually, we got some bear, which was also really cool. Um, but yeah, so. Let's talk news, shall we? Actually, first things first. Let, let's uh, we'll change the scene so that we're at least you know just looking at my ugly mug. But um, I actually wanted to ask you there, Mr. Christopher Ortiz. Um, did you see any good new horror movies this year for Halloween? Because I have yet to watch Smile, though it is on my list of things. And now Barbarian is available, I believe, on HBO Max. Uh, and I have heard great things about Barbarian. So I was just wondering if you watched anything that is worth seeing as well. Because I know you're a big horror movie guy. Uh, so while... I'm waiting for it to catch up. Let's pull up our first piece of news. To do to do. <clears throat> Interesting. Let's uh, we'll we'll go for this first one. Oops, I'm clicking the wrong things. You saw the black phone. I saw the black phone. That was not quite what I was expecting or hoping it to be, but it was not bad necessarily. What did you think? Did you like it or were you were you slightly let down like I was? It's so good and scary. Well, fair enough. You liked it better than I did. I thought it was it was passable. I didn't think it was necessarily that great, but I thought it was definitely a passable uh, unique horror movie if nothing else. So that th I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, Cabinet of Curiosities finally finished it. It was fantastic. Uh, still have to play a little bit of catch up on American Horror Stories uh, season eleven, which is going pretty well. Uh, if you must know, if you're not watching it, it is probably one of the better. Uh, ooh, how was Orphan? 
That's interesting. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the first one. I thought it was a little transparent, but now that you know the twist, I wonder if there is a way to twist it or if they just go for, you know, the, the body count and the blood factor. But yeah, American Horror Story Season 11, I think, is one of the most focused seasons of American Horror Story, which is saying something because... <laughs> I don't think it's been this focused since maybe the first season, because every other season has had like 17 subplots that just don't really do much for you. Um, yeah, all right, sorry. We're, we're, we're doing two things at once. We're having a conversation, and we're also going through the news, so... Oops, wrong window. Ah, don't do that. Okay, so that brings us to our first piece of news. Uh, it looks like Marvel... So this is this appears to be rumor news. Looks like Marvel um, is potentially not going to be releasing Black... Ad or Marvel, listen to me. DC, Warner Brothers, is not going to be releasing Black Adam in China. Uh, according to the article on uh, CosmicBook.News, we have rumors are swirling that Black Adam is not getting a China release due to Marvel fans, which, if that is the case, would certainly kill its box office. This is very true. Has been thought that Black Adam would get released in China on November 11th, the same date Black Panther Wakanda Forever opens in the rest of the world, but will not be released in China. Uh, where Dwayne Johnson has a huge following, but nothing official has been announced. However, on Wednesday, a big rumor hit that Black Adam is not going to be released in China, uh, according to Tiger Paw. I don't know what Tiger Paw is. Oh, that's a person posting a thing in a chat, a message board, it looks like. Uh, China decided not to release Black Adam. A user on the box office theory forum via Reddit, so that's a Reddit post is what they're showing up there, uh, posted that as a result of Chinese Marvel fans informing the Chinese film board that Pierce Brosnan is a Dalai Lama supporter, China has decided to not release Black Adam. Weird. Pierce Brosnan wore something related to uh, Dalai Lama in an interview that is what I heard slash read states user Tigerpaw. And on Weibo, there are comments that said many Marvel fans took the chance and called in to the film board to highlight this and complained to get the film banned. Weird. I mean, like, the Chinese market is very strange just right off the bat. Like, just inherently strange be, uh, from my uh, western eyes at least be, because it was fun to watch um did they did they try and do sorry, sorry we're going back to the conversation with chat uh, did they for the orphan first kill did they try to have some sort of like crazy been listening to true horror stories oh goodness true horror stories like uh, Marie Laveau and that kind of stuff, or just like uh, uh, True Ghost Stories Online with uh, what's his name that sounds kind of like Casey Kasem. You, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Real Ghost Stories Online. Sorry, not True Ghost Stories Online. Real Ghost Stories Online is a is a is a pretty good uh, podcast if you are into the ghostly type things. Uh, they do some really good work. I can't think of the name of the guy who hosts it or who actually runs it, um, but it's he and his wife. I think produce. No. Oh, that's what it was. A coworker. Uh, he used to work in radio. And so he's got a definitely has a voice for radio, but he does a lot of episodes with his daughter who is like a preteen. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and then he also, Tony Bruschi, that's his name. Thank you. Um, stuff like from the 1900s on TikTok and Reddit. Yo, check out uh, legit. If you like, uh, horror stories, if you like ghosty stuff, uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. It's a podcast, and they do mo many multiple episodes, and uh, they have like the extra podcast person club or whatever is there is that how you like can buy and get more episodes, but like they put up free ones up on uh, Apple Music, and and that's what me and my girlfriend listen to, 
and it's it's some some of them are really good some of them are a little wonky but some of them are really cool and when we go on like road trips and stuff we listen to episode on episode on episode of real ghost stories online it's it's worth a listen especially for someone like yourself there mr chris um so yeah that's really interesting did they for first kill did they try and do some sort of weird like like switch like like some crazy out of nowhere uh, uh, subversion of your expectations or were they just going for like a bloody movie that's 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 what I want to know uh, but yeah for sure no problem man anyway back to the news uh, fans on Chinese social social media say they don't want black Adam released a Twitter user also posted screenshots the screenshots are from Chinese social media which say fans are targeting black Adam and don't want the movie released that is so crazy Chinese film Twitter account lists inaccurate predictions a known Twitter user who covers Chinese related film news also tweeted a list of American movies that are slash were predicted to get released in China however only one of the movies Spider-Man No Way Home has been released in China which suggests the predictions are basically all wrong yeah no kidding um, Pierce Brosnan shares special bond with the Dalai Lama well I feel like if Warner Brothers was really worried about the Chinese uh, audience, they might not have. Ca- I don't think they care. Like, yeah, that would that's going to make them make less money globally. But I don't think that because Marvel, oftentimes, with specifically with something like uh, uh, Black Panther, they don't release in china because the china's racist like there's no two ways there's no nice way to say that chinese people are racist especially with the ones that live in china um so like and black panther the first black panther still made over a billion dollars so i feel like having pierce brosnan who obviously has a relationship with the dalai lama uh in the movie kind of means they don't really care but Chinese MCU fans are upset that Wakanda Forever is not getting released in China. And so they pointed out Pierce Brosnan's Tibetan connections, which is silly, but whatever, man. Um, all right. So this is this is one that I wanted to talk about. This is one that I put in the title of the episode. Um, has to do with James Gunn's powerful DCU vision. According to David Zaslav, so CosmicBook.News once again says, As of Tuesday, James Gunn and Peter Safran are officially in charge of the DCU, where they will build out the DC Universe as they see fit. On Thursday, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav addressed Gunn and Safran's new positions and said the pair have a powerful vision for what is to come. Quote, For them, running DC... Excuse me. For them, running DC Studios is a passion project, not just a job. Zaslav said during a company investor call, James is a brilliant storyteller who has the distinction of being the first and only film filmmaker to direct the mo- a movie. Why does it say the movie? A movie for both Marvel and DC. Uh, Zaslav continued, Peter's prolific producer. Uh, Peter is a prolif- prolific producer whose credits include DC's highest-grossing movie Aquaman, as well as the entire Conjuring universe, the most successful horror franchise of all time. Which is weird, but true. Uh, I could not be more thrilled to have them join our ranks, and I'm excited for what is to come. Are we not going to get some uh, hint at specifics? I know we're not going to get actual specifics, but a hint at would be nice. Previously been reported that James Gunn was helping Zaslav in his search for the head of the DCU, which we know now has has went to gun wow an editor my friend would be a wonderful thing because some of these sentences just need a little once over uh, zaslav added i spent a lot of time over the last few months with james and peter talking about our strategy and long-term plans for the future of dc across tv animation and film they have a powerful vision and blueprint that will drive a more unified creative approach it will enable us to realize the full value of one of the world's most iconic franchises they're hard at work right now i think that is 
what I was looking for because that is the thing that they've that the Warner Brothers movies, the DC movies have been missing for so long. Um, so yeah, uh, Christopher says about Orphan First Kill the movie knows, like we know, the plot twist of the main girl being a grown adult in a kid's body. And there's a twist and turns I didn't expect. Oh, that's cool. So it does kind of uh, surprise you with some some plot twist. That's pretty cool. I didn't think they were going to try and do that considering, again, it knows like we know that <laughs> there is uh, an adult inside that child's body. So very interesting. Um, so specifics on the roles. I, th I think we touched about this on the most recent episode of The Week in Nerd, the most recent proper episode. But uh, let's get into the specifics real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, so uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran's DCU roles. According to the official announcement, James Gunn and Peter Safran have been appointed to the new roles of co-chairman and chief executive officers of DC Studios, overseeing the overall creative direction of the DC universe across film, TV, and television, or animation, rather. Under a single banner, Gunn and Saffron will report to directly to David Zaslav, president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, and will work closely with Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi, co-chair people and CEOs of Warner Brothers Film Group. Uh, in their new roles, Gunn and Saffron will spearhead the development and execu ex execution of a long-term plan for the many properties licensed from DC Comics focused on continuing the tradition of high-quality storytelling for the DC universe across audiovisual media while building a sustainable growth business out of the iconic franchise. So, Zaslav has been cleaning house in order to make up for the fact that they lost over three billion dollars with the merger of uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery. So this, I think, is also going to be very paramount to the movie franchises, the, the audiovisual, as they put it, the audiovisual media uh, going forward, is they have to have an idea of how they're going to turn a profit. And... James Gunn being James Gunn that is very probably going to happen. It might take a couple of failures to start. I think there's going to be some issues as far as him wanting to do something similar as as uh, Kevin Feige in the woke arena. I think he's going to be he's going to try and push something that's a little too over the top with his woke politics. So I think that's going to probably fail at first. It will not return. It will not have the same return on investment that they're looking for. But I think he definitely is creative enough and knows the properties well enough to figure out that that's not going to make him money. So he just needs to tell good stories. And if it if it checks boxes, it checks boxes. If it doesn't, then, you know, better luck next time. So in addition to their executive responsibilities, Gun and Saffron will develop, direct, and produce projects, which is going to help streamline things so they don't have to write as many checks for people to do work. So, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, here, it looks like... No, I'll be very surprised if we can get specifics. Henry Cavill's back. Yeah, that that's not Gun's plans. Those are the plans that were already in place, so... Let's move on, shall we? They were, the way they were able to pull off the actor to look like a little kid again is crazy. Uh, it, I, if I remember correctly, because I remember reading about it, I just didn't cover it in an episode, but I, if I remember correctly, there's a hardy combination of both um, digital de-aging as well as makeup effects and stuff to kind of work that out. But also, she's I, uh, the actress is pretty small and childlike to begin with she's just however many years older like eight years older from the last time that movie from when the first movie happened so uh it doesn't sound like they needed to do a whole lot but they did use both digital and makeup effects um and then this one was just fun because godzilla is great fun regardless of the quality of the movies well i can't say regardless of the quality of the movies because the 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 zilla movie from what was that 97 or whatever was even for a godzilla movie was subpar 
but usually speaking, Godzilla movies are a lot of fun. So uh, Toho made the surprise announcement on Thursday that a new Godzilla movie would be released next year on November 3rd, 2023, the 69th anniversary of The King of the Monsters. Oh, so it's a Toho release. Not a legendary release, which makes sense because I believe legendary is about to lose the rights. They're going to revert back to Toho. Uh, Thursday happened to be Godzilla Day, the 68th anniversary, where Toho released the following logo featuring a big G with an announcement on Twitter. Translated, the tweet says, the latest Godzilla movie will be produced director Takashi Yamazaki uh, to be released. Uh, yeah, will be produced, period. Director Takashi Yamazaki, period, to be released on November 3rd, 2023, a Friday. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki is known for Always Sunset on 3rd Street, Dragon Quest, Your Story, and Lupin 3, the first. Interesting. Uh, so this was the, oh, I like that. Uh, the, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? The script. Kanji? No, that's not right. Can't remember. There's a word for doing script like that in Japanese, and I don't remember what it was, so I don't want to be stupid, so we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, premiere date for Last of Us we covered in the most recent episode. Uh, Superman and Lois in danger of cancellation. So this was another one that we wanted to touch on. Uh, so according to, again, CosmicBook.News, we have Superman and Lois is in danger of cancellation at the CW, which follows the network getting sold off to Nexstar Media Group. Um, yeah, following Nexstar letting go of president of the CW after 11 years, the following day, Nexstar named Brad Schwartz as president of the network. In an interview with THR, the site questioned Schwartz. DC Comics has a broad audience. Look no further than the box office for Black Adam. Will DC be part of that bigger picture, bigger, broader strategy? In what doesn't sound like a good sign, Schwartz replied, I don't know yet. Uh, already canceled at the CW includes every DC show except for the new Gotham Knights series. I thought that one had been canceled. We, we talked about that in, the episode, in an episode like a month and a half ago that Gotham Knights had been canceled. Uh, could be one and done. Superman Lois, which returns mid-season with season, uh, yeah, mid-season with season three. Flash will end uh, with season nine. Arrowverse shows have been canceled. All the Arrowverse shows have been canceled. Stargirl recently been canceled, uh, and Superman Lois is not part of the Arrowverse technically. CW not ordering new episodes or season renewals. Yesterday also saw the news that the CW will not be ordering additional episodes of Walker Independence, which is the weird spinoff of Texas Ranger. And the Winchesters, or any of its new shows, which would include Gotham Knights. Uh, I will be very surprised if when we when they do start ordering new shows, and if they do start uh, re-upping some of these nerdy uh, IPs, specifically Walker, Winchesters, and Gotham Knights, I'll be very, very surprised if the Winchesters is on that renewal list, because... The, the fandom just is not reacting well to it. It's not it's not going well. And it's not that good. Like, I've watched... I think I've watched about four episodes deep in it now. And, yeah, just the Scooby gang aesthetic is not how you tell those stories. Um, there is... I mean, I guess there's potential for that to have worked. But uh, I don't know how they could have done better with what they have. But there definitely should have been better than what they gave us. Uh, typically what happens if a new series is well received on the network, the CW will order additional episodes for that season. Back in early 2021, following the Walker premiere, CW ordered an additional five episodes to bring the total to 18. Following the Superman and Lois premiere, CW ordered two more episodes to bring the total to 15. Now the new shows, Walker Independence and The Winchesters, won't have any additional episodes ordered for their first seasons and will stick with 13 episodes. What is particularly alarming is that The Winchesters is the CW's most watched debut this season, but still isn't getting additional episodes. So that's super interesting, probably because I would be willing to bet, and I, and I think I can actually uh, verify this if I give it two seconds of, of uh, actual research, but... Um, I would be very surprised. It says that it's the most watched debut this season. So 
first episode, yeah, I'm sure because Supernatural had one of the biggest audiences to have ever existed on the CW. I would I I would argue that the Supernatural was far more uh, popular than any of the Arrowverse shows. Then uh, the biggest. Ev- Excuse me. The biggest piece of evidence I have is the fact that it went 15 seasons. So, yeah, the Supernatural series was a bit of uh, a behemoth when it comes to CW series. So when when that fandom who was very rabid and very uh, up on their mythology, you, uh, you might say, when they saw that first episode, I would be very surprised if uh, you know they had the same numbers going into episode two that they did going into episode one. Uh, again, I can, I can, I, I'm, we're not going to do it here on stream, but there, I, I will try and verify it. Uh, I will try and verify that information. We'll, we'll touch on this again on the next proper episode, which again is going to be the last proper episode of the season. And then we're going to cut to the off-season episodes, which will be live episodes on Wednesday nights. Uh, they'll just be the news. We won't be doing uh, streams regularly. Potentially some, but very, uh, very not probable on the regular basis. So... Um, Superman Lois Fate could be up to James Gunn and Henry Cavill. Interesting. Superman Lois is a great show. It's definitely a bummer to hear this uh, possibility it could get canceled. Tyler Tyler Hoechlin makes a great Man of Steel, and the series is good ratings. So hopefully, if the CW doesn't want it anymore, WB will shop it around. What also could be a factor in whether or not Superman Lois lives or dies is that James Gunn is now in charge of the DCU, which is said to include television. That would make sense. Henry Cavill also recently returned to the Superman role, so we will have to see if Warner Brothers and Gunn are also... So that that, that was the two Superman thing, too, uh, Is was this article. It was this uh, announcement, anyway. So, Superman... Uh, it's see if WB and Gunn are going to let two Superman versions exist at the same time. It... I mean, they've been doing it for a long time with the Arrowverse characters, so I don't see why... They couldn't, but it is new management, so maybe they won't. Uh, Sandman renewed for season two. I saw this one, but again, sick episode, so uh, we didn't really get into it. So there is going to be a second season of Sandman, which I'm pretty stoked about because uh, we haven't finished the first season, but it's just because we're slow dripping it because it's really good. (coughs) Excuse me. <clears throat> Neil Gaiman's Sandman has been renewed for season two by Netflix. Yes, it's true. The Sandman will return to Netflix, tweeted the show's official Twitter account. There are some astonishing stories waiting for Morpheus and the rest of them. Now it's time to get back to work. There's a family meal ahead, and Lucifer is waiting for Morpheus to return to hell, said Gaiman in the same tweet. Gaiman also tweeted, The rumors are true. Netflix is thrilled that so many of you have been watching Sandman, and the thing we are all hoping would happen has indeed happened what is the sandman season two about why would that be a question sandman uh details for sandman season two released by netflix include that new episodes of the series will dive into the right you just sneeze on your phone yeah (laughs) oh no what's wrong Oh, <laughs> you're the only person I know that does that with any sort of regularity or at all, honestly. Um, where was I? Season two released by Netflix uh, include the new episodes of the series. will dive into the conflict that followed the end of season one where Dream and his friends and foes, the forces of hell were on the move led by Lucifer. Season 2 will continue to explore the many challenges facing the universe of the wake of Morpheus's century-long absence, states Netflix. Oh, so it's just going to... That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit spoiler for me since, again, I haven't finished the first season, but I'm cool with that. I mean, the comic book exists, right? Millions upon millions of people have welcomed and watched and loved The Sandman on Netflix. From established Sandman fans, people who were simply curious and then became obsessed with the Lord of Dreams, his family, and their goings-on, Gaiman also said in a statement. Gives me unbelievable 
unbelievable pleasure to say that working with Netflix and Warner Brothers, Alan Heimberg, David Goyer, and I will be bringing even more of the Sandman stories to life. That's awesome. Some astonishing stories waiting for Morpheus and the rest of them. Yeah, then now he's just repeating himself. Okay, next piece. Disney Marvel race swapping X-Men to remove white characters. See, all right, so we're probably going to do a reasonably nerdy on this uh, sometime during downtime or something because this is ridiculous. Like, yes, they, they are doing a lot of race swapping, but is it specifically to remove white characters or is it because they're dumb? Like, I don't think, I don't know. I just, I think people are attributing too much malice to... Uh, these executives when really it's probably just uh, stupidity. It's claimed that when X-Men come to the MCU that Disney, Marvel, and Kevin Feige will be race swapping various characters to remove white characters from the X-Men. Oh my lord. Info comes from known DC leaker WDW Pro via that Park Place, who recently leaked the information about the return of Chris Evans as Captain America, where Evans, <coughs> excuse me, Disney and Marvel want to take Captain America in a new direction away from American patriotism, which is going to be horrible for them. Nobody's going to watch a Captain America movie where he's not pro-America. That's kind of the key tenant for the character. Uh, WDW Pro explains that Disney and Marvel are hard at work at their partners developing Future of X-Men. We already know because they're, they're talking about Giancarlo Esposito as Professor X. Uh, yeah, I'm, o I'm over it. We're moving. We're moving along. Jeremy Renner's Mayor of Kingstown Season 2 release trailer and teaser revealed. That's cool. Quantum Leap ratings, second lowest of the season. Might not be all bad news. Eh. Avatar, Way of Water, full trailer. Uh, yes, the, the we're not going to watch it in stream, but that did release. Again, could have gone in the, la in the last episode, but we made it a quickie. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Marvel, oh yeah, this was one that I wanted to put in, but I just, again, just couldn't get my head together. So... Let's talk about Marvel and EA team up for three new video games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Marvel and Electronic Arts announced they are teaming up for a multi-title collaboration involving three new video games, which includes the Iron Man game announced in September, which we already knew about. Uh, EA will collaborate with Marvel on long-term deal to develop at least three new action adventure games that will be available for consoles and PC, according to the official announcement. So the other one, not reading from the article now, the other one that is heavily rumored is that uh, Black Panther Captain America game that the some images leaked about that we talked about in rumors a uh, short while ago and then so the third one is the one that's up for the for debate uh, 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 what's his name James over at uh, den of nerds <clears throat> excuse me is thinking that it's gonna be maybe uh, an ant-man game which would be really cool but that would be also very difficult, so who knows. Uh, EA will collaborate with Marvel on long-term... Oh, we already, read, we already read that part. Uh, each of these games will be their own original stories set in the Marvel Universe, with the first title in development being single-player third-person action-adventure Iron Man uh, game coming out of Motive Studios. We have been longtime fans of Marvel. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Where do we... Uh, we have Iron Man game details. You're repeating yourself, Cosmic Book. My eyes. All right. So, Man of Steel two happening. Oh, this one I didn't. I didn't actually read this article before, but I did see it again. Sick episode. Um, so, Man of Steel two seems to be happening a lot sooner than most people think, which sees the return of Henry Cavill as Superman. Cavill recently appeared in Black Adam. Where various scoopers, including Grace Randolph, indi indicated his return wasn't a done deal or that Man of Steel 2 would be years away. However, Henry recently ex exited the Netflix Witcher series, which suggests Randolph is completely wrong. And just uh, as I said, I being the, the guy who runs Cosmic Book News, 
Uh, it probably means Man of Steel 2 is being fast-tracked. That is, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, not only was he not happy with the direction they were going to be taking Witcher in season four and five, which is the only reason why he would have quit to begin with, but he's taking that and using it to his advantage to make Man of Steel and these other DC properties faster, which if you're Henry Cavill makes sense, or he could be focusing on something else, I guess is also a possibility, but, um, I don't know, it just seems to make a little bit more sense, especially because so many leakers and insiders and such are saying it that direction as well now. So um, to add to that, Henry recently appeared in, in New York City and confirmed the cape is still in his closet and then he is back as Superman and there's a lot more to come. Bright future ahead for the character, so I'm excited to tell a story with a, with an enormously joyful Superman, which means return to the big blue Boy Scout and no more of this mopey dopey stuff. And then we are definitely well into already tread territory, so let's move along, shall we? What'd you say? Oh, good. <laughs> Next up, we will go to... We'll check out Bounding, I guess. Um, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Let's start with this stuff. One Punch Man and Mob Psycho 100 Mangaka. One announces... I don't care. New report claims... Yeah, we are, we're skipping that one. Netflix The Witcher fans launch petition to keep Henry Cavill replace writers instead. Of course they did. Of course they did. Boys showrunner Eric Kripke closes out 2022 Saturn Awards acceptance speech with declaration of F MAGA. Don't want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Black Adam star Dwayne Johnson further explains the struggle to get Henry Cavill back as Superman. No was never an option. While the Rings of Power crashes and burns, the anti-Diluvian legacy is Tolkien-like fiction done right. Okay. Uh, uh, no. Numerous Comicsgate Indiegogo campaigns appear to be getting shadow banned by the crowdfunding platform. Again, a little too political. Uh, former Lucasfilm director of uh, publishing Lucy Autry Wilson reveals George Lucas informed her the Emperor would have never been cloned. It's not in Lucas's hands anymore, though. So, I mean, when you sell it for $5 billion, you kind of just have to give it up at that point, right? So that's irrelevant. Like, it's it's nice to know that George would have gone a different direction, but it's not George's story to tell anymore. He sold it. So I don't... This is... Let's, let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to bring you in on this, uh, Chris, since you're the only one who's active in chat. But um, So I don't know if you have seen, and again, I'm, I'm specifically referring to you, Chris. I don't know if you have seen the original Star Wars trilogy or if you're much into Star Wars. So uh, if you are not, just feel free to tell me and we can just move right along. But I feel like... This fascination with George Lucas and the story George Lucas would have told is an exercise in futility. I think there's no reason to waste our time with what George Lucas thinks about something he no longer owns. Um, aside from just passing references like, yeah, George Lucas had this plan. Well, that would have been better, but we didn't get that plan because it's not his story to tell anymore. So I think dedicating hours and hours of, of uh, editorial uh, editorializing to, well, George Lucas would have done this and George Lucas would have done that, I think is, is really just holding the, the franchise back. Uh, if we focus on what George Lucas would have done, we saw what George Lucas wanted to do. George Lucas made the prequel trilogy, which was a political drama and and had very little action when you compare it to the Holy Trilogy. So um, you've seen all three trilogies. Good. Um, 
I, I so do do you think that George Lucas's opinion, aside from being novel, is important, or is it just uh, interesting to see where he would have gone versus where things actually went? I I, I just think that that. It's it it's focusing on that too much is really holding back the franchise. Do you agree or disagree? <clears throat> Excuse me. And while this catches up, I will find the next piece of news. So let's talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Evil Dead Rise has given us some new look at the Deadites. And also confirmed the official release date. So this is the kind of reboot, I believe, is how they're selling this. Um, let's find the picture first. All right. So, oh, that's right. This is, I remember seeing this picture now. So Evil Dead, uh, Twitter account says, Trick or Treat, Deadites. Here is a first look at Evil Dead Rise in theaters April 21st, obviously of 2023. Um, that looks far creepier than anything Sam Raimi put in the original three movies. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty nuts. And also creepier than the reboot that we got in 2013 as well. See, because that's about as creepy right there. And for those of you, again, listening after uh, this has been re-uploaded, I do apologize, but this is a visual portion of today's episode. Uh, this is about as creepy as the Sam Raimi stuff got. And then let's see if they show us a picture of... Yeah, this is about as creepy as the 20, uh, 2013 reboot was i still haven't watched ash versus the evil dead the 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 stars series it's it's streaming on um, i just bumped the camera and i apologize streaming on one of the platforms that i have and i haven't watched it i also have the first season on dvd i was gifted it uh, from a friend so i also think that's a little humorous that i still haven't watched it but uh you honestly agree yeah i just think i think it's a waste of time I think it's a fun mental exercise to do for five minutes, sure. Um, but yeah, I think as much time as all of the the fans are negatively focusing on that element of Star Wars, instead of trying to do something to better the community, I don't know, I, it could communicate better with Lucasfilm uh, that is currently owned by Disney. I think that would have that would be a better place to expend that energy. Um, but that it is what it is, I guess. There's nothing we can really do because, you know, the haters going to hate. <laughs> as silly as that sounds coming out of my mouth. Uh, all right, so that's we've exhausted bounding. Let's go. We're going to hit up some music stuff real quick, and then we're going to take a little bit of a break because I need some water. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. We I don't know what we're going to do for the second half. Um, I might leave that. I might send that one over to chat and see what's up. But... Let's start and metal injection. Let's try that guy. Polyphia accidentally blew out Steve Vai's home speakers. <laughs> because they're a bunch of punk kids, that's why. Uh, the latest videos. Blah blah blah. Black Dahlia Murder played their first show without Brian with uh, Brian Eshbach on vocals. That's interesting. Again, can't watch that stuff in stream because YouTube does not like it. We I am gonna try and get together a list of videos to do proper reactions to. Again, during the down season that helps keep things a little fresher. Um, Guns N' Roses stream 2022 version of November Rain. Interesting. That might have to go on the list of reactions. 
Insomnium Streams Lilium announces new record Anno. Is this this is the band that Joey was? Thank you very much, Bub. Isn't this the band that Joey was playing with when he died? I think I'm confusing them with somebody else. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, that's not them. It's good black metal, but that's not them. President Joe Biden promises to crack down on hidden junk fees in concert tickets. What the hell does the president have to do with that? Like, that, uh, not getting into politics. <laughs> Watch Cliff Burton and Jim Martin jam in their college band that inspired Metallica and Faith No More classics. Of course it did, because Cliff Burton was very prolific. Green Lung, don't know. That sounds vaguely familiar. Um, Unleash the Archers, uh, Power Metal, I believe, not my thing. Uh, this version of Pantera's Cemetery Gates done as a typo-negative song is awesome. Ah, I really wish we could do that. Miles Davis thought Dave Lombardo was pretty good at the drums. <laughs> That's funny. Ooh, here we go. This isn't, I mean, there's going to be, yeah, there's a video attached to it. Of course there is, but either way, this is fun. August Burns Red taps Killswitch Engage's Jesse Leach for enraged new single, Ancestor. August Burns Red uh, announced their new record, Death Below, earlier this week. Oh, that's cool. I missed that. Uh, sick head, apparently. Uh, now streaming their debut single, Ancestor, from that uh, record. Single features Killswitch Engage vocalist Jesse Leach and, according to guitarist J.B. Brubaker, touches on vocalist Jake Lur's most personal lyrics yet. Ancestry is a complex and technical August Burns Red track. All August Burns, rack, uh, August Burns Red tracks are complex and technical. Held together by perhaps the most painful and personal lyrics Jake has ever written, says Brubaker. I loved this song in every phase since its inception, from the instrumental rendition to the lyrics and vocals being added to finally bring in it all together with Jesse's anthemic guest vocals, because that's what Jesse likes to do. Ancestry is a song we've been... This will probably go on the list of things that we will react to during the down season because that sounds great. I love both of those bands a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Death Below is out March 24th, so the new uh, August Burns Red record, March 24th, features guest spot from All That Remains guitarist Jason Richardson, which is awesome. Jason Richardson is one of the new guitar gods. Uh, era vocalist JT Cavey and Under Oath vocalist Spencer Chamberlain. Death Below is available for pre-order currently, if you want to follow this link, over on Metal Injection. Uh, Brubaker continues, it's no secret that the past few years have been extremely dark and challenging. Death Below is here as a result of that time in each of our lives and the emotions that came with it. We are we were motivated by uncertainty, fear, outrage, and triumph. I feel this is the darkest, most personal album we've ever written, and I couldn't be more proud of what the five of us made together. That is cool stuff. I dig it. Dig it, dig it, dig it. Uh, Roadburn 2023 to include Def Haven, Julie Christmas... I like Julie Christmas. Death Haven's okay. Chat Pile and more. What is Roadburn 2023? Uh, looks like a festival of sorts? Redefining heaviness. Roadburn 2023 will take place at the 013 venue Tilburg in the Netherlands between April 20th and 23rd. This year's edition will not have a curator as past editions have and will feature the following artists so far. So... Def Haven uh, playing Sunbather and Infinite Granite in full. Julie Christmas by herself, apparently. I don't know what that means. Julie Christmas. Uh, so when we first started doing music suggestions on the channel, uh, I, re I suggested two different Julie Christmas fronted records back to back. The first one was uh, one of the Made Out of Babies albums, which I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Coward. And then the Battle of Mice record, which there was only the one. Um, and Julie Christmas is a very unique uh, vocalist in the metal scene. And 
hasn't and she did guest vocals on something recently but has kind of gone crazy like and not really put out music for a long time so i'm very intrigued by the fact that she's on this bill but yeah, uh, continuing, David Eugene Edwards playing 16 horsepower, Woven Hand, and his solo material. I That name sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you why. Wolves in the Throne Room playing Shadow Moon Kingdom, which is, I believe they're a black metal band. Brutus, Big Brave playing uh, Nature Morte. Lots of dark black metal stuff. The Soft Moon, Giles Corey. Giles Corey, uh, side note, the... Part of the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, he was the one that was pressed to death by stones. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, chat pile, candy, Ken mode. Show me the body. I only am knowing like every fourth name on this list. That's very interesting. Redefining heavy. I'll have to look into some of these bands, apparently. Let, this is how you learn about new music, kids. Um, Warlung streams doomed new album, Vulture's Paradise, Pantera. Oh, here we go. Tour dates. Let's get into this. Rock AM Ring and Rock M, M Park. Uh, I am Park, I guess. Will take place between June 2nd and 4th in Nürburg, uh, Germany, which I'm pretty sure is where it, at least AM Ring usually is. And the first wave of bands has been announced. Notable for metal fans are Bring Me the Horizon, Tenacious D, and the first non-South American Pantera shows announced so far. That's pretty awesome. Let's go through this list, because I bet I know all of these bands. Uh, Turnstile. Those guys, actually, they have a single on Liquid Metal right now. That is a lot of damn fun. If you are into, like... Uh, 90s hardcore. That is very much the feel of Turnstile, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Architects is kind of standard bearers for uh, metalcore right now. Carpenter Brute, don't know them. Employed to serve, don't know them. Fever 333 just became a single dude. It used to be a two-piece, and the other guy left. Uh, or it was a three-piece, and then one of the three of them left, and now it's a two-piece, something like that. But they make interesting, almost like convergy style um, like alt metal stuff. Ginger, I feel like everybody knows who Ginger is at this point. They're noteworthy for a number of reasons, not the least of which they're from uh, Ukraine and, you know, they had to cancel a tour so that they could become ministers for the country, which is a whole sticky ball of wax that we got into in a uh, chat sec or a chat section, uh, uh, comment section under a video where we were talking about Ginger at one point. Mantar, I've only heard the name. I don't think I've ever heard their music. Mashuga is Mashuga, another one of those bands that pretty much everybody knows, and if you don't, you really should, because they are probably the heaviest band ever. They, like, I literally just saw them not that long ago, uh, less than a month ago, I'm pretty sure, and uh, I'm, I think my ears are still ringing. Uh, motionless and White... Eh, those guys are mediocre. They're getting better. They're still kids, and they still think they know everything. Uh, Silverstein, The Raven Age. Again, that's another band I've heard the name. And Touche Amore, I've heard the name, but I don't think... No, I think I have heard Touche Amore, and I didn't like them. I think that's why I can't remember what they sound like. Um, oh, and I guess Machine Gun Kelly isn't done with rock. Who knows? Check out the first wave of bands. So this is the... F oh, there's a lot more than just that list. So let's ta. Let's get Tenacious D. I don't give a crap about MGK. D. Totenhosen. Uh, don't know who that is, but that's a fun name to say. Apache 207. No idea. Kiz. No idea. Youngblood. Um, that's who. So when I went and saw Limp Biscuit, I thought that's who was supposed to be opening the show was this cat Youngblood. Um, but no, it was Young Gravy, <laughs> so pretty different. Young Blood is a little bit more aggressive, kind of, I forget what they call that subgenre of hip-hop, rap, whatever, but uh, definitely not what uh, Young Gravy is. Papa Roach, meh. Turnstile Architects, we already talked about. No Effects, this will be part of their uh, farewell because No Effects, I believe they're putting out one more record is what Fat Mike said, and then they're going to be retiring. Um, Arch Enemy, I'm surprised that wasn't in their list up above. Boy Sets Fire, also surprised that that wasn't in the list up above. 
Barry Tomorrow, Charlotte Sands, Dead Sarah, Employed to Serve, blah, 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 Finch. Interesting. Hollywood Undead. This is such a weird combination of music. Hot Water Music? Those guys are still a band? Wow. Michelle got motionless wise. Nothing but Thieves. Uh, nothing Nowhere. Nova Twins. Silverstein. The Shats. The Stillers. That's noteworthy. Because they just reformed uh, to put out a record like a year and a half ago or something like that. So cool that they're still on tour. Three Days Grace. Most of those bands I've kind of heard of or don't know who they are. So interesting. Uh, Rock AM Ring is always a pretty interesting show in and of itself. It has this weird like clout and everybody wants to do it. Probably because European uh, festival dates are more fun than American festival dates from what I've been told. Uh, Slipknot announces, hey, more tour dates. Oh, it's all Europe, though. <laughs> Look at the new masks. Aren't they so awesome? I think the one I like the least is Sid's new mask because, I don't know, it's just too complicated, I guess. Starting in uh, August. Yeah, August 7th in Nusseldorf, Austria. Going through August 21st in Berlin, Germany. That's pretty cool. Just a couple of dates, but pretty cool if you're in if you're in the Europe Euro, Europa. Um, Tenacious D announced UK tour dates, UK and Europe. We're not going to get into it because it's UK and Europe. If it was the states, we'd touch it. Vended. I saw that they released this new single, but I have yet to listen to it. So maybe we'll add that to the uh, reactions to do, just because I think those guys are are very quickly growing into a band that's worth listening to. Their last single was ten times better than their first single, so maybe this one will be, because this is technically off the same record as the most recent single before it. So I can't imagine it's going to be like leaps and bounds above it, but still be interesting to see what else they're putting out there. Bring Me the Horizon teases new music in latest webisode. Uh, so I just learned something about Bring Me the Horizon, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Luke Holland is the drummer for Bring Me the Horizon. Luke Holland is like homies with Jason Richardson, who we talked about a moment ago. Jason Richardson, you know, modern guitar god. Luke Holland, modern guitar drum god. Um, so I think it's funny that I really don't like his main band, but I love his solo stuff or the stuff that he does with Richardson, at least, um, bring me the horizon, working on new music during their latest U S tour, like good, uh, musicians do. It's not clear when the new material is due, but Hey, yeah. Okay. If we're not getting hardcore facts and it's not worth our time, right guys, come on load. There we go. God forbid announces New Jersey and Massachusetts shows for 2023. Let's check that out. God forbid uh, doesn't really tour. They haven't put out new music for a long, long time. Uh, they are going to be on Lamb of God's Headbangers Boat, which we talked about in the most recent episode. And they have two more dates in New Jersey, January 6th at the Palladium, and then Worcester, Massachusetts, January 7th. That's pretty cool. The uh, Oh, I'm sorry. The Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. Sayerville, New Jersey. And then the Palladium is in Worcester. War at the Warfield. Um, yeah, there you go. God forbid some pretty great metalcore from the early 2000s. Devin Townsend talks friendship with Jason Newsted in the 90s. Blah. Voivod, Meter Trio, the animals as leaders of jazz. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think... Oh, I want to put that on just because AI generated psychosocial. Let's, let's actually, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, going to mute. Oh yeah, it's eight thirty. Oh hey, it's uh, we'll toss this on while I'm throwing it, throwing it uh to the break. But it looks like we are to the point now where it is time to take our mid-episode break. I need to put a little bit of food in myself, drink some of this hot cocoa. 
But yeah, there we go. This is the visuals for the psychosocial where every lyric is AI generated. That's some really cool stuff, man. I can't believe they just... There's way too much uniformity in this and it looks way too much like Slipknot stuff for this to be just the lyrics that they put into the prompt of the AI generator. I, I'm, I'm more willing to bet that they used the word Slipknot... Oh, maybe that was all... Okay, sorry. I didn't realize we were going to put... That is a little more likely. Pseudo-sacrosanct perversion. Go drill your deserts. Go dig your graves. Wow, that is... I'm digging this. Again, I don't buy it that th these are exclusively the the words that were put into the text prompt of this AI generator. Um, throw ourselves against the wall. That's believable. No one else can see. Preservation of the martyr in me. That this. All right. So let's let's. I'm gonna pause this because. We'll, we'll treat this a little bit like a reaction, because it's reaction. We're just reacting to the AI. So the bit that I know about AI-generated art is enough to, to say for certain that the preservation of the martyr in me very highly unlikely would it produce something like this. Uh, the thing that is the most unlikely, because like this is relatively abstract, this stuff here in the center and off to the right, that's relatively abstract. But this face over to the left, you would think martyr, it would use some sort of religious iconography. So the, oops, this face over here that is very obviously a mask, I'm, I'm highly doubtful that what they did was put in the lyrics one line at a time and generated an image in some sort of AI generator. Uh, probably some sort of stable diffusion generator from the looks of it. Uh, very potentially one that they have on their home PC because it's very photorealistic or maybe it's something that I'm unfamiliar with but like the the aspect ratio is 16 by 9 or something akin to six, 16 by 9 which you can't do in Dolly and uh, it doesn't have any of the hallmarks of being mid-journey. Mid-journey is very ethereal looking. Um, Dolly generally gives you rather cartoony stuff so this has got to be some version of stable diffusion or again maybe there's another ai generator i'm unfamiliar with but it's ridiculously unlikely that you would get a masked person if the only thing you put in the text prompt for the image generator is the preservation of the martyr in me like, that just seems way too, too coincidental for a Slipknot song. So yeah, there's there's a lot more to what they did. I think it's cool, and, and probably they used that as part of the prompt, but that's not the exclusive prompt. So this is kind of a false promise, but we'll continue going. I'm sorry, we were doing a, a quasi-sign-off, and I got all wrapped up in <laughs> this silliness. Um... How does that make equal psychosocial? Cracks in the road we laid. Yep. Temple fell. The secrets have gone mad. See, some of these I'm I'm convinced is legit AI. They they might have put very limited other words aside from the the lyrics, but I do not believe that that is. A, exclusively the text put into the prompt. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> so, all right, nerds. Um, we're going to take, like I said, we're, we're taking a break. I got to get a little bit of food in me. I got to feed, I got to get a little food into the dogs. And then we'll come back and we'll play something. So, Chris, if you are going to stick around, I'm going to give you, uh, again, because you're the only one that's active in chat. There, there's been people in chat, but nobody's actually joining in with you. But um, I'm going to give you, sir, let's say, we'll say four options. And I'll put it in into the the 
text of chat. I have to make that small again. I apologize. All right, so option number one is going to be Halo because we're going to end up playing at least a couple of games of Halo anyway. Option number two is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Option number three, we're going to say Splitgate. And then option number four is going to be um, Overwatch. So, going to give you about 10 or so minutes. Might be a little bit more than 10 minutes. Uh, oh, let's, let's send that one in. And we'll be back. And if you are going to stick around, sir, I would appreciate the input. Where would you like to start with the gaming? And I have, uh, I believe, updated all of them. So we should be able to just jump right into any gaming. Anyone who is uh, participating in this episode in post or you are just quietly lurking in chat, I see you and I appreciate you. But this is the end of the news. We are going to come back in a few minutes for some video game action. Uh, the video game action will be determined to actually anybody who's in chat who wants to uh, contribute. But uh, if you're in post, you're going to have to actively seek out the gaming portion of this. You can go check out youtube.com slash nerdy. And that's where you can find the entire video stream. We will see you there. Anyone who is still here will see you in about 10 minutes. Before we do go, though... Always, always remember that if it's generally nerdy, it's probably here. <laughs>